This is your award-winning BCFM on 93.2, 24 hours a day. And that was Airplanes by Hayley Williams. We've had a bit of a chaotic start to the morning, but we are here now. Good morning. Welcome to One Love, One Planet, the environmental radio show here on BCFM, where we talk all things environmental in Bristol, the UK and the rest of the world. My name's Shona. I'm presenting this program for several months for the amazing Penny Southgate, who's having a well-deserved break. Later on, we'll look at some new stories related to the environment, both in Bristol and further afield. We're going to play some tunes. And today, we have a really exciting interview with three young people from the Grassroot Activators program, a program which mentors young people where they learn all about campaigning, upskilling, what careers they might be interested in, and also connect with nature. So, hi team, how are you? I'm all good, thank you. All good, yeah. All good. Good, yeah. Oh, you're very, cal- you're very calm now. You were like proper hyped a few minutes ago and now you're all like professional, professional levels. Um, but yeah, so who have we got today? We've got Catherine, Theo and Rakane. Yeah, how, how's your day been so far? Are you all awake yet? Or are you no. Mostly. No. No. I'm awake, I'm hyped. <laughs> I'm tired hyper, I'd say, which is very weird, but it's happening. Tired hyper, I've never heard that before. Neurodivergent thing, definitely. Oh, uh, it's a, okay. <laughs> and autism people don't know exactly. They know exactly what tired hyper means. Amazing. Um, Great. So we're going to let's get straight. Let's get straight into it, guys. This grassroots activators program. Um, Yeah. Tell me what it is, because until I saw I met Ben last week. um, Yeah, I'd never heard of it. So tell me what it is. Who wants to kick us off? Um, It's an opportunities course for young people where they, along with the help of their mentors and the leaders of the program, can find or create their own opportunities for what their passion is in Bristol. Okay, that sounds great. So what sort of have, what have you been doing? How long does it take and what have you been doing kind of in practice? It's an academic year, one year long programme and it, there's lots of different modules. I've got to try and remember them now. So. <laughs> um, um, oh God, I actually can't remember them. Do you want me to take over? Yeah, go on. So we start by learning about youth work and theory and then going out public speaking and then we went to St Paul's and Kingsdown to report with the people living there what could be improved in the area you know just generalised questions we passed out onto the council after that we went on to event planning we had a budget of £200 to be able to make an event a public event or like just so it could be like a public event like we did where we did a mental health fest or a public event like Catherine who was previously speaking did Creative Waves where it's just like an outdoor type of thing an art based what would you say? Um, so they're all different social action projects but Creative Wave specifically was um, it was a kind of a sort of fun day sort of programme that was meant to connect the community all together and get everyone involved in different forms of art so skateboarding music production break dancing and um, graffiti and things like that just bringing everyone together for a love of art it's very successful as well so then after that we had a month with um, some people working I don't know what company they were linked with Jacobs right Uh, no so it was School Speak. Ah. It was School of Social Entrepreneurs delivered the entrepreneurship module, teaching everyone how to set up their own social enterprise. And then after that, we set up our own social enterprises, again with a budget of £500 this time, but going up. Ricane, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. they're pointing at you. What, 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 what's yeah. this about? What's yeah. your, what's your um, part? Yeah, with the budgets and 
thing. So for depending on your groups and what you decided to do for your social enterprise, all goes in with how you're going to spend the budget. Actually, my group, uh, Catherine here is in it. Uh, there's Brandon and there's Tanika. Uh, and what we done was we didn't actually spend any of the money in our budget and our social enterprise was uh, to basically go around to colleges, schools, youth clubs and speak to young people about their lives and like what was going on when growing up and like how to overcome basically the past and get something going on with your life like a lot of kids don't know what to do when they finish school so a lot of people like to uh, keep themselves inside and they don't really do much so what we done was really like try to inspire them to like find something about themselves and start to learn new things, start going to youth club. We had a kid on our very first trial uh, that didn't do much. He's quite a quiet kid. He was a good dancer and a good uh, songwriter actually. And um, we actually told him about the youth club and to actually like come along on the nights because obviously he was quite lonely and we didn't really know what to do. So we we're just trying to make sure like we can give them something to do. Um, something you don't know about, either of you don't know about, that now they've actually got a programme at Arcliffe Club um, for young people that is based on that session you delivered because some of the young people that opened up about the challenges they've been facing growing up never speak to anyone, literally anyone. So they've now set up a programme which is based on what you've done because they've been inspired. This is the staff have been inspired by what you've done. Come yeah. on. I've heard oh, that's amazing. I now work there. You work so there now? <laughs> And then um, to continue in what the course said, after we set up a social entrepreneurship, we went on a nature module about just learning about nature and, uh, you know, um, community food growing, community food cooking, foraging, stuff like that. And then we went on a very interesting camping trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, bushcraft as well. Don't forget the bushcraft and setting fires and stuff. What's uh, bushcraft? Setting fires? What? What's that about? Bushcraft just about is about survivability. Like physical skills that you can use to survive in the wild not that we have a lot of that in the uk um and then we put those skills to use like theo said in the forest of dean we went and camped for three days and two nights um and it had its highs and lows and for some people it was I, I say for some i think for everybody it was a bit more hardcore than we were looking for uh. um but i think that's being amended uh. but then again the there was part of that. We had so many people that were literally like, I'm not going to it, I'm not going to it. And they went to it and they enjoyed it. So there you go. <laughs> All I'd say is it was a challenge. It was meant to be a challenge. It is a memory you will never forget. And that's what we're talking about. It's all good. I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. And yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed some bits. There were just some things that weren't the best. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well. Now, okay. after now. the bushcraft and stuff like that, we're literally just advertising the course, and this is probably my favourite module. There I, was I also love with all these opportunities. One of a right at the start of 2023, we had to do six weeks of. Um, oh yeah, placement. Or placement. Wow. So we, with the help of our mentors, would find somewhere that would kind of um, allow us to have a work placement for six weeks, one day a week, and. Um, some of us got jobs off the back of that and some of us are still kind of looking but we all absolutely enjoyed our placements I, I would say what did you do in your placement <laughs> firing the questions at me I see um, I'm going to lose my job here you guys are going to interview it <laughs> we're, fine, we're coming petition for us to take over BCFM <laughs> so I worked with Heartcliffe Club and I 
helped out with the Club Adapt, which is a group for SEND young people. And since that fact, I now work there once a week with the SEND group and help out on a Friday half the time. Very good. Rakane, what did you do in your placement? So for <laughs> mine, I took uh, taught footballs to little kids in Hartcliffe with my mentor, Zach. Uh, he does a sh- thing every Tuesday. It's basically just to give the kids a safe place to play football and like get them off the street. So we Because in Hartcliffe, we had quite a lot of kids walking around uh, was it drawing school and stuff and not doing anything so it gives them an opportunity to get themselves off the road and somewhere safe and have some fun Is that the football club that I think I saw an article on them it's near the highway, high rise flats right uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're cool. They're cool. Theo, what did you do for your placement? <laughs> oh, um, I was able to shadow a special educational needs teacher in Barton Hill Academy, working with um, just special educational needs kids. I supported a Turkish kid with special educational needs, Mohim's sweetest guy ever. Honestly, I loved the job. It was great. Um, in fact, I was one hundred percent going to go into a therapist after uni, and I still want to become a therapist. But I've actually opened my mind up to educational psychology due to that experience. And yeah, and just Barton Hill Academy. I feel like compared to where I grew up in Noah West, where it was very like mono in terms of ethnic, like to see all the different ethnicities and all the different languages, it was great. I loved it. What about your mentors? Because this is you've had a mentor, haven't you? You've worked yeah. mentor, and you've had a business mentor throughout the whole program. It'd be interesting just to hear what that's all about. And I'm not going to flex, but my mentors were especially cool. I had Emma Rigby, <laughs> CYN. Um, she was just lead of the refugee welcome night and stuff like that. It's great. Um, she has ADHD, so from a neurodivergence perspective, we understand each other. That's great. Um, I had Stuart Woodburn as well, which is uh, the safeguarding lead of GAP, which I found out abruptly and was very confused about. Anyway, um he's really good he's um leaders of venturers trust so he's head teachers of several schools including merchants academy barton hill academy and stuff like that he's got a lot of links to people as well and honestly without them i feel like this course wouldn't have been as good if you get what i mean they're they're a big part of how good this course was they're very supportive as well especially stewart for some reason he's a busy man i could text him at half 10 at night and he responds within two minutes he's a legend <laughs> he responds to you but not me <laughs> he knows who his well, favorite so. stewart if you're somehow listening to this i doubt you would but uh yeah you've been outed <laughs> <laughs> and what were your so what were your favorite parts of it we'll start with you rakeen and we'll go that way what's uh, your favorite bit I'm actually going to say my favourite bit was the mentors because of the fact that when they came in, they were there emotionally, physically, and like they just helped out a lot with the course. If anything was going on, they were basically your support. And with the mentors, they're there to basically help you try and take a step towards your goals. So actually, my mentor, Mark, so Mark is my business mentor, Zach's my youth mentor, um, so Mark actually got me in contact with a man called Dan because my goal is to be a PT in the Royal Air Force and Dan was actually a PT in the Royal Air Force. So he got me in contact with him and I spoke to him and sat down with him and I was just trying to figure out how to take that step to get into where I want to go. And actually after that and getting help from Dan, I've actually managed to get my uh, application put through. At the moment I'm at a halt because I'm just waiting for my... Uh, was it? I had to send a letter in because I tore my ACL a few years ago playing rugby. So I've had to send a letter in to appeal just to say that I'm actually fit. So I had to get my physio to write a letter to say that I'm healthy, I'm fit enough to go. And then I can carry on, hopefully, by next year. I should be in the Air Force and getting everyone good news. 
That's amazing. You'll be like a real life oh, Top Gun. Well. Wait, I can't hear you, Ben, over there. What are you on about? He's more than fit. That's the thing. <laughs> he run, runs rings around you all, I'm sure. Yeah. What about you, Theo? What was your favorite bit? Before I start saying that, that <laughs> if this doesn't show you how specifically tied to you the mentors are in this course, then I don't know what does because he wants to be a PT in the Royal Air Force. He had a PT in the Royal Air Force <laughs> as his mentor. But um, yeah, my favorite part... Um, I, w- I could be boring and say mentors again, but generally that's what I would say. The mentors are really, really good. It's not like a mentor where you see once a week and they're just generalised for everyone. You know, like you would in college and stuff. You're like, well, you know, they're a bit like me, but they're not really like me. They're like you in this course. Yeah, they're very similar to what you are in this course. The mentors are great. And also just being challenged. Challenged in a way that is... um you know unpredictable at some certain aspects like starting an event from scratch you usually need years of study and qualifications to do that we did that with no experience and we did it well six just weeks. literally not even six weeks because we had the whole core in our course um didn't we so yeah that limited us and we still were able to turn it around and actually do things but yeah just being challenged to that level and actually getting the support to be able to do stuff is it's a very good um self-building thing if you get what i mean yeah, sort of challenging you in a good way. What about you, Catherine? What was your favourite bit? Um, personally, as much as I love the mentors, they were absolutely amazing. It's not my favourite part. My favourite part has to be my personal growth and seeing everyone else in the like in the group grow. Because I remember meeting them at the start and going, "Look, I'm not going to get on with any of these people. <laughs> I've never gotten on with these types of people in the past. Not going to get on with them now." But actually, like if one of them's like are you down to hang out i'm like yeah sure let's go and we're just all completely different people but for the better yeah i mean yeah we're food buddies so there you go <laughs> food food buddies uh, yeah. we like to go and get different types of food on so. oh, oh my gosh well you guys have to try the cafe here i've already ordered some you've food. already ordered some <laughs> <laughs> they do the the best turkish eggs incoming scrambled egg review from hurricane yeah all right well <laughs> let's play some music before i forget so um yeah theo i think you picked this next one do you want to introduce it hopefully the audio works we'll see this is fireflies by owl city that was uh, Fireflies by Oil City, picked by Theo, one of uh, our takeover DJs today. Yeah, I feel like I've barely been able to get a word in edgeways in a good way. Um, yeah, guys, you were just talking while we were off air. Um, you're going to have a big celebration event at the end for doing this whole program. This is uh, by the Grassroots Activators Program, um, a, a program that uh, upskills young people, gives them mentors, plugs them in with nature, and you finished your course, now you're having a big celebration. Is that right? That is right, fully correct. Yeah, and what's it going to look like? What sort of celebration are we talking? I don't know. Uh, don't know. Mr. Ben, Ben, come here and explain. Ben, ben. we don't know. Still in motion. Oh, okay, so basically, it is going to be a showcase of all these superstars, right? They've, each one of them that have done the program, they're going to have a show reel. So they've been filmed throughout the program. They're going to have a little film, which they're going to be able to use forever more to try and get jobs. They're going to be able to, as well, they're already loving that idea. Um, <laughs> they're going to be getting their accreditations from the Yay. program. Yeah, to them from someone very special. And then we're going to get these guys just to say a little bit about their experiences through the program. Um, and that's it, really. And the debate that was happening was whether it's black tie or how fancy it's. Oh, it's black tie for me, one hundred percent. Theo's all dressed up. Catherine, if you're lucky, you'll get me in a dress. If not, I'll be in jeans. And I know, I know. Everyone else is going to be wearing suits and stuff, so it's time to get suited. Suit, <laughs> suit up, suited and booted. Catherine, you could wear a suit. You don't have to wear a dress. It's 2023. Oh uh, no, I'm traveling the next day. I do not uh, fancy. Dr- 
I do not want to dress up. You should come up and dress like the people in Bedminster. Perfect, perfect segue. Where are you traveling to? This is very exciting. Uh, I'm going to Canada for three and a half weeks, camping oh. and trekking. Oh, so proper nature, getting yeah. into it. Yeah, what have, what is that coming up for all of you? Now you finished the program. What are you? What's coming up next? What's your plans? I'm planning to go and study psychology at the Uni of Surrey, so that's great. Amazing. Have you got all your place sorted? Yeah, 100% um, sorted. Oh my gosh, incredible. Yeah, what about you, Rickane? Uh, you're, well, you're heading to the... Yeah, hopefully that's then go, but for after this course finishes, I'm hoping to actually come in as an instructor on the course and help out next year with the next people coming in. Oh, training the next group. Yeah, I'm applying for the internship. You're you taking Ben's job, basically, yeah, is what I'm hearing. We're trying. <laughs> There's six of these superstars that want to come back and do a paid internship to support delivery of Gap. And 100%, I hope that whoever it is gets it does take over for me. Ben's going to sit down with his rocking chair, just yeah. have a pipe. Yeah. I mean, and Catherine, you've got your job, don't you? Uh, you said working with yeah. uh, kids with SEND, which is amazing. Yes. Really important. And wh- what were you guys all doing, or how did you, before this program, how did you find out about it? Uh, so I've been involved with Ben for like 10 years, and um, so I've been kind of following along the journey of how Gap being created and kind of doing bits here and there when I can. And when, just before the project actually started this year in September, um, Ben invited me to do it and I was like, oh no, 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 I won't do it because I mean, like I've been involved with it from start to finish and I just feel like the opportunity would be better used on someone else. And Ben basically turned around and said, that's stupid, Um, you're joining us. And got no choice in the matter. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I came for the first day and I was like, all right, I might roll with this. And I haven't regretted it since. So, incredible. Mm. What about you, Theo? What were you doing before? How did you hear about it? Um, so, before the course, um, I finished my A-levels, obviously. Spent the summer volunteering as a place supervisor in the Ranch and the Vench, which are two youth centres in the north of Bristol, one in South Me, one in North Leeds. Um, that came to an end. I was a bit like, well, I need to start making a CV and look for a job kind of thing. And it's really funny. I was doing a music production course with Creative Youth Network at the time. And um, I came back and I was going to go to my youth club in Southmead. And I get a call from William Dorney going, oh, there's someone here to talk to you, mate, about a course. And I was at the point back in my life where I wasn't taking many opportunities on hand. It was the same with NCS. I wish I did NCS now where i was just like i just can't be bothered like i'll listen to the event i won't go to it kind of thing and it was the same with when i spoke to ben i spoke to ben and ben could tell you i was eager to get in the pool table i didn't really seem interested i was just listening kind of thing oh yeah and then um i literally went home after that session and i was like you know what i've had enough of saying no i'm not saying no anymore and i'm gonna do this because like I think I was like, I'm probably going to like it. I could do it then. And if not, then it's fine. I could just drop out. Um, I'm going to do it. There's, there's no economic things tied up. Because it's free like, to do, isn't it? Yeah, you it's free to do, up. 100%. Um, and I've had like lunches paid for, bus travel paid for. Like Honestly, if if you're worried about income-based anything, um, I'm from the West, moving south me now, I can understand. Um, yeah, your your economic background does not... Um, stop you from doing this course it we're actually working on bridging the gap in society it's for you yeah <laughs> hence 
Hence why the course is called Gap. There's a gap in society. We're trying to bridge it. So if you're low on income, then still apply to the course. It's completely free. We'll get you there. Amazing. And Rickane, what were you doing before? How did you hear about it? There was something about you were asleep and you had a phone call yeah. in your dream. So before, so I'm a, I'm a big worker. I work quite a lot. So I actually work most days and my shifts aren't exactly the natural kind of sleep patterns you'd have. I can go from nine in the morning till late at night to three in the morning I'm finishing my job so I'm very very like anytime I get sleep I'll try to sleep and I also got my rugby career that I'm also on at the moment what means I'm tired from training and playing matches so you can guess how tired I am during the week regularly and I was just led in bed one day sleeping and my phone goes off I don't I keep my phone on quiet it's always on silent this is the one night that I didn't put it on silent. It was a sign. <laughs> Indeed. And I woke up to it and I was like, I don't know this number. He's calling me. <laughs> so, so Who's this? A, I was a bit worried. I was like thinking in my head, did I do something wrong? <laughs> so I answered and it was Ben. And basically Ben was just calling to explain what goes on on the course and how the course works. And if I'm interested, just let him know. Uh, he got my number from Jackie, who was actually one of my old youth workers. Uh, I was at Hartcliffe Youth Club for Young People. Um and yeah, so when he explained it, as soon as he said camping, that's where I got hooked. I was like, yeah, I'm down. Do you it. like camping? I like camping. Yeah. I actually, not long ago, came back from camping. <laughs> I went away again. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Proper plugged into nature. So yeah, what would you what would you be saying to anyone who's kind of listening? Who's So this is for 16 to 30 year olds, is that right? Uh, so it's yeah, quite yeah. a wide age range. Yeah. And what would you say to anyone listening who's like maybe feeling a bit stuck? Like you feel being like, oh, I can't be bothered. Like, you know... What 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 am I doing with my life? What would, what advice would you give him? Take a step. There's always always going to be hard to take the first step, but once you get that first step going, you're rolling. Generally, from a psychological point of view, this is something I talk about in therapy quite a lot. If you have a low motivation and can't be bothered, the cure to your low motivation, believe it or not, is just doing the thing that you need to do. I know that sounds really stupid, and I talk to my therapist a lot, and I'm like, oh well, that that's fun. But you generally just have to move, and if you let yourself get stuck and not move that's gonna really that's when the problems are gonna start people feel like oh i'm anxious to do this so i'm going to procrastinate because if i do it the problems will arise then but no that's not the case it's actually the opposite if you don't do it then the problems arise and um if you have a neurodiverse diversity i'm autistic generally comes to the course like six like not six but like there's like three or four people on the course with adhd is great i feel like part of being neurodiverse on the course is saying i will support your needs but if you actually go to the course and there's people with neurodiversities there you're going to feel more welcome it's great and again if you're from an economical background that is disadvantaged like i was through my upbringing um just come to the course because we'll get you moving bridging the gap bridging the gap um i would probably say that if one tiny piece of it speak uh piques your interest even like just a tiny little nudge I would go for it because you won't regret it. There is not a single part you'll regret. Even the low parts, you don't regret them because you learn from them. And you don't understand how big of a difference it can make to your life until you see the difference for yourself. And Woo-hoo! why you should just give it a go. 
<laughs> Amazing. And Ben, I'm going to pull you in to oh, sum up. Lovely. Tell us, yeah, so remind us what the course is and how people can get involved either as young people or maybe as mentors or businesses who want to sponsor it and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I just love listening to what they were saying then. Do you know what I mean? I sit back and I think, blimey, there's a lot of superstars. Um, I guess the thing is, the programme has been set up to support anyone. And people from education backgrounds might think, well, that's not possible because you have to change everything to fit certain groups. Well, not if it's experiential learning. It's practically doing and doing things and um, learning from your mistakes. And it's like, I suppose, if you go into a, a restaurant or go into a shop and you buy loads of different chocolate bars or you buy loads of different meals, you're getting little tasters of loads of different things. You're not going to become a specialist in any one of those things. But by the end of the programme, you will have enough confidence and enough support through all the different mentors you've got. You might suddenly have an idea of other things you want to do because of the learning through the programme. But the main thing is you're supported into an opportunity based on what you want. Now, if that doesn't flipping, do you know what I mean, get anyone excited at home who's thinking, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, this is all about you realising your passion. And people might say that that sounds like BS. It's not. Do you know what I mean? There's people who are saying that it's work. There's other people that it's worked for. And it could work for you. So the, the, the main thing is, it starts in September. It's free. It's for people from across the city. Um, and it does make a difference. So go and look up grassroots communities on social media, website, all that kind of stuff. Get in touch with us. Um, and then we'll speak to you about what the process is, which is free questions and an informal chat. And you can do it alongside like studying or another job, can't you? It's not like a full-time course, is that right? Yeah, I work and I still do rugby on the side, so... Two days a week. Two days a week, nice. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, 11 till 4, term time only. Right, I mean, and where is it based? Is it all over the place? Or? All over the place. Yeah. yeah. You can't really say a set location. You've been, <laughs> you've been all over Bristol. That sounds so mysterious, like MI5, like you can't pin a star. Well, they are, they're like modern we, day, yeah, you know, <laughs> good, good social pirates. We started, we started in the centre of Bristol and then basically just everybody fanned out. Generally speaking, though, I just want to go off of what Ben says. This course can be life-changing. I've seen people that have been in very bad backgrounds before starting the course and literally cared about nothing, and now they're turning around and going, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and they'll be supported to get there. And, it, and the other thing is, is when you say like it's all over the city, the reason why it's over the city because they learn loads of stuff, then they put it in action. When they put this stuff in action, it's in communities that they discuss, the young leaders discuss, that they choose. So they suddenly not only make an impact on their own lives, they're making an impact on other people's lives. What's not to like? Well, this is incredible. I could We could chat all day, but I've got a limited amount of time. So last final words, and then um, Rakane's going to introduce our final song from the pick. Yeah. Sign up to the course. Yeah. Catherine, what's, any final shout-outs words? If you're interested, speak, look online, we're all everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Do it before you regret not taking a chance. Indeed. Yeah. So look up grassroots communities or grassroots activators program. And Rakane, what are we listening to next? Rocket Man by Alan John. Why did you pick this one? I just love the song. Fair enough. <laughs> and thanks so much to the young people from Grassroots Activators Program for coming in and taking over the studio. That was incredible. And if that sounds like something you want to get involved in as a young person in Bristol, age 16 to 30, or as a business person or mentor who can maybe uh, mentor the young people in business or connecting them with nature, uh, getting stuff that they're interested in doing, social change, social campaigns, then do get in touch as well with Ben at the Grassroots Activators 
Heritage Programme. Right, we've got uh, one more thing before you, before uh, 12. Got, uh, so yesterday I went down to the Sparks Department Store, that's where the old M&S used to be in Broadmead, to talk to some staff there and some school children from St Barnabas Primary School all about a workshop that they were doing about e-waste and recycling. And we're going to hear from them now. Hi, so I am here um, in Sparks in Broadmead, which is the uh, place that has taken over from where the old M&S would, used to be. I'm with Joe Taylor, um, who, yeah, hi, just going to explain a bit more about it and how it all works. Hi, um, so I'm Joe, and I'm from Sustainable Hive. We're a community interest company in Bristol, and we work raising awareness with young people about various areas of sustainability. And our project is called Refuse, and it was funded by Hubbub and Virgin Media 02. That's the Time After Time Fund. And we're trying to raise awareness with children specifically about electronic waste, tech waste, what they can do with it, repair skills, try to understand the value of an old phone so it doesn't just sit in a drawer somewhere and get forgotten about and get them to remember that there's a step before throwing it away. There's a step before recycling that they can start doing repair. And we linked up with Global Goals and Sparks as it's a perfect home for our workshop basically it's a department store and it has a play on sustainability so all the departments are a sustainable version so furniture is actually um, new to you furniture so stuff that's been donated and then sold on if you want to look for gifts they're all sustainable gifts made in Bristol if you want to think about travel it's linking in with all the public transport in Bristol so it's a really nice play and a really home really nice home for us really Lovely. So it is, um, yeah, so it's a, a area, as, as you say, it's sort of a department store. And so there's things here people can buy, but there's also things to do. And it's normally closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, but there is a primary school group in at the minute. We're going to talk to them shortly. Um, and they are doing one of these workshops. Is that, tell us a bit more about the workshop. Yeah, so we run free workshops for schools, Bristol or as far as they come, um, can come into this space any day of the week and we'll host an hour and a half workshop all about electronic waste, all the raw minerals, all the critical minerals that are inside stuff that you have no idea about until you're unscrewing bits and bobs. So the students today will be taking things apart, doing very basic repair skills. So, for example, they'll look at a laptop and work out how you can actually take the back off. They're going to be replacing hard drives and learning about what's in it. Plus, it's just really fun to look inside tech, all the different components... They're going to be stripping wire because they all seem to think it's just plastic and forget (laughs) that actually there's copper inside there and we're recycling that copper. So we're trying to make sure they understand what a circular economy is, how it's not just throw it away um, and it's forgotten about how it has got another life to it. And we're also working with donations of electrical products. They'll be pat tested and function test and then resold for a homeless charity Or they'll be taken to our repair cafe, which runs on a Sunday here at Sparks, which is all free with volunteers just trying to help repair things so they're still of use. And if they're no good at all, then we're salvaging parts. So the students will also play a part in that. So they'll learn repair skills. They'll learn how to strip wire and the value of stuff that it's not just throw away. And um, the really great thing is then they'll salvage bits too that are just completely um, unsavable. And the artists will be using that. So the artist space that's upstairs in Sparks will be creating beautiful things out of all the little bits and bobs that you find inside tech. <laughs> that's amazing. And I was just looking at some of the um, some of the statistics posted up around, and you know, like the number of 
unused mobile phones that are still sitting around. Um, this is something like for every active mobile phone, there's four sitting around unused, something like that. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? But when actually you start asking people, they'll go, oh, I've got one in a drawer. Um, and the amount of people since we've been here, the members of the public that come in, that all say, yeah, I've got a phone. What do I do with it? And I think it's that awareness of what to do with it. And working with young people, we also want to try and challenge their upgrade culture. Do you need to upgrade? It's a perfectly good phone you've got. Why do you feel like you need to upgrade? Or if it's broken, can you get it repaired? We've had donations of, of phones that are perfect, perfect work in order, but the screen's smashed. So it's just like, well, actually, you could replace that. It's not very expensive to replace that part. Um, and thinking about what they're buying as well. So laptops that are sealed shut and are built to not be repairable, actually, you could be buying another laptop that can be repaired. So it's kind of getting those messages through that there is another way is fantastic. But also, amazingly, the amount of people that go, I've got a bag full of cables and I don't know what to <laughs> do me, with them. We've all got it, haven't we? We've all got what random you, cables. What do we do with them? Well, the idea is we're going to have our donation point that's set up that they can bring so that they can either be matched with the ratings plates and we can securely match them up with products that need them or they can be stripped so at least we can kind of recycle and save that critical mineral of copper because all these things are things that we'll run out of um, and can't make ourselves so we need them to keep going with all the renewable tech and things that are out there nowadays. Lovely and so if people if someone listening if someone here works at a school as a parent at a school says that sounds great how do I get my child's school to come do a workshop Um, how do they get in touch? brilliant yes please get in touch we'd love schools to find out about it and bring groups down we can help with some groups trying to get here with transport and we've got some great links to bring them down to the space it's a beautiful workshop all made from salvage wood and salvage materials and we really want them to feel fully immersed in the experience feel like they're in a tool makers workshop and that they're actually taking things apart stuff that you don't get to do so much anymore handle tiny screwdrivers and see what's inside a laptop so if they can visit our website if they go to refuse so that's re-fuse.co.uk that will lead them through to a contact and they can um, get straight in touch with us so I am now here with Ellis, I and Masood, who've been starting some of the workshops here at Refuse. And they're just going to tell us a bit about what they've seen so far at Sparks and what they think of it. So hello, how are you? I'm good. My name is Aya and I feel like all the e-waste problems are a bit annoying and stuff because like, um, a car, like, it burns 30,000 kilograms and an average person in America burns 45 thousand no 45 kilograms and all that and an average person in the uk um burns like um for the huh 14 yeah wow you guys know all your facts and statistics and why is it important why does it matter if we burn rubbish or not surely it's better than it just piling up in our houses because um when we burn some when we burn fossil fuels and all that it goes up into our atmosphere and the sun rays comes down into the earth and it, um the uh, the burnt fossil fuels and all that won't allow the sun rays to go back up and that's like causing issues with our weather and all of that stuff I know one thing that they're talking about today is about mobile phones and there's lots of valuable stuff inside mobile phones um did you you looking excited Alice did you know that yeah there's 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 gold inside a phone and there's silver inside phones oh wow so yeah what have they been saying about mobile phones or what have you learned 
Um, we've been talking about how many like, old phones we just have in our house and someone said they have five old phones just lying around in their, um, in their drawers and another person said they have four lying around and it's just like crazy because it's a mobile phone and you're leaving it in the um, drawers or something and it's like valuable because you could, you could repair it or something like that and get at least a mobile phone working and stuff because if it doesn't work there's no point in um, <laughs> like Alice what did you want to say? Um, there's double there's double amount of phones than humans there's double the amount of phones in the world than humans in the world yep I didn't know that that is mad but Shirley Masood do you like your phone surely we all like our phones we want to have them yeah instead of keeping phones in your drawer like you can repair and then sell them um, for people that like needs phone to get contact with people, it's like this place is like a great place to um, repair, reuse, and all of that stuff because it's got amazing furniture. Like we came in, we saw a stool that was made out of shredded um, CDs and all that. Uh, yeah, it's just like cool, and it's like very affordable and all that stuff as well. So I'm now sat with Taylor, who's going to tell us what he's just been up to. What have you been just been doing, Taylor? It looked a bit weird. We've been doing, so we've been finding copper and cutting these wires from inside that charges laptops and all types of consoles and, like, phones and electronics. And then we cut the copper and then place it in this pot. So you cut the copper out of the wire. Oh, wow. So you had, like, knives or scissors or something? Is I don't I forgot the name. It's like pliers. Mm. Wow. So what do you know? What's going to happen to the copper now, or what can we use it for? Um, we're probably going to recycle it, maybe, and then the wires will give it to the artists to make something. And yeah. So what what do you think of this whole place? It's all a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it's very. It's cool. Like all the stuff. Like there's a bus and the wires is fun to do. Yeah, you're gonna you sort of get to get in there and like pull things apart. And there's, I think I saw a laptop in there. You're gonna get to pull that apart, Lee. Did you know there was like copper and valuable objects inside phones? No, I just realised that. Yeah, I just find that like, amazing. Well, I will let you get back to the rest of your day. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Thank you. So I'm sat with Paddy, who's been leading these workshops. Yeah, Paddy, tell us how did how did this come out? Uh, well, Sustainable Hive uh, decided to put the e-waste. Uh, workshop in Sparks. Uh, me as a primary school teacher uh, to set up and run uh, a workshop which helps children raise awareness around reusing, repairing, uh, and then recycling uh, electronic waste, which I'm finding out is uh, a huge problem in the world. Uh, the fact that we're dumping 53 billion tonnes of e-waste every year into landfill well that just can't be right can it? No I mean yeah some of the facts the children have been telling me I had no idea about that there's you know more phones in the world than there are people um, so how, have, how has this been going down? You've been running these workshops for a little bit, they're picking up interest, it's a free workshop how have the children been responding to them? It's been fantastic, like we had a real rush before uh, 
the beginning of the summer holidays to get schools in but they've responded really well local schools uh, and yeah the children are really enjoying the practical nature of the workshop because we're encourage activities that uh, are for example checking pat testing to make sure th- things are safe so we can electro uh, electronical items are safe so we can uh, re- reuse them uh, we do a, a laptop repair uh, activity where we swap over a hard drive so uh, we're looking to reuse uh, electronic electronic items there and also copper mining that seems to that seems to have been the big hitter is uh, stripping wise and actually getting the copper out to to in future sell that on and to reuse the copper in fact when sparks opens well that was one that was our big activity for the general public uh, and it just drew hundreds of people they really really enjoyed mining for copper and it's just it's just ordinary wires like we would have in our house but I guess it's for you know extension leads or whatever that aren't usable anymore yeah i mean there's kids in there with pliers and gloves and who knows how many sets of goggles tearing wire out of out of the plastic everyone in their homes has bags of wires that they no longer require that don't work anymore that are obsolete what's happening to all of that is that it's ending up in landfills or in the back of people's drawers we're encouraging using wire strippers and using other tools to reclaim that material to get it back into circulation. And then Paddy was telling me later all about how the copper and valuable metals inside our smartphones can be recycled over the summer as well. During August, there's a weekly free family workshop at the reuse area, refuse area in the Sparks building. That's every Wednesday afternoon between 12 noon and 4 p.m. Um, that's during August. That's free. So go to re-fuse.co.uk to find out more, get in contact or book your local school to come in and do a workshop with them. So that brings us almost to the end of our show, I believe. Thank you again to everyone who has come in and spoken to us. Do join us next week when we're going to be talking to Linda Benfield from the Festival Director from the Green Gathering, which is an off-grid festival with environmental and social justice focus. Later today at Bookhouse, there is a book launch uh, called by Late Light Book Launch with Michael Malay, a local author. Keep it locked to BCFM. Look after yourselves, look after the planet and look after each other. This is the podcast version of One Love, One Planet, the award-winning environmental radio show, broadcast every Tuesday at 11am on BCFM Radio, available on 93.2 FM, on digital radio and on the BCFM website. The show was produced and presented by Shona Jemfrey. You can find us on Twitter at Shona Jemfrey and at BCFM Radio.